What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Amanda Feltman on the episode today. You guys, I'm so excited. Her and I have never met, and if we have, we just don't know it. And we have quite a few connections, but it was really crazy. If you guys follow my Instagram, on my Instagram stories, like, when was this, Amanda? About a month ago. Okay, a month ago. I had gotten a coffee paid for me, and I was going through the drive-thru and I remember that day I was like, gosh, I, I even got a breakfast sandwich. So I was like really thrilled. I was like, oh my gosh, I contemplated not getting this breakfast sandwich because my bill would have been higher. Get up to the drive-thru and it got paid for it. And I've never had that happen before. And I, it made my day, but on the receipt, it said, I think it said like in honor of Junie, happy birthday, Junie. I had no idea who Junie was. Uh, and I posted it on my Instagram story just saying like, how cool is this? And somehow it like trickled down where I found out who Junie was and I found out who her mom was. And I, we even found out who paid for my coffee, which is just insane. And you guys, this all trickles back to Amanda and her story. So with that being said, Amanda, I'm just going to throw it at you. Start wherever you like. Yeah. So, um, Junie is my daughter. She was born a year ago. She was still born at full term. Um, so that day that you got your coffee paid for, it was her first birthday and I encourage people to, um, spread joy and happiness in her memory. Um, and I used the hashtag Juniper's joys. So I think that was also, yeah. yep. um, and then just a fun little like wrench in the plan or wrench in that day of trying to figure out who had paid for your coffee, um, is that I was just home from the hospital with a newborn, a two-day-old, Junie's little sister, Coral. Um, So that's kind of a brief introduction to my life right now. And so Junie, um, we, my husband and I met many years ago at Winstock, a local country music festival. Um, We dated for what felt like forever. We got married in July of 2017, I had to think about that, and we always knew we wanted to have kids, so we got pregnant soon after that, Um, everything was pretty normal right away, Um, and then at her 20-week ultrasound, she was shown that she was measuring small, um, and just a few other, like, kind of things popped up there, Um, then um, I was sent to a high-risk specialty clinic, MFM, maternal fetal medicine, And we started being watched closer, um, went from weekly ultrasounds to twice a week ultrasounds because she was measuring so small. Um, So she technically had IUGR, which is inner uterine growth restriction. Um, Basically, your uterus like restricts the baby from growing. And they said it was due to my placenta not being awesome, basically. Shitty placenta. Um, So we watched really, really closely throughout our pregnancy. And um, so... It was really, we were really blindsided when we were at our last appointment and we found out that she didn't have a heartbeat. 
um, I always kind of thought if you were being seen really closely um, during a pregnancy, like you knew that something could be wrong or something could happen, AKA your baby could die. But it actually kind of felt the opposite. It felt like twice a week they were reassuring us that she was perfect. Twice a week they were telling us she was passing the, you know, the, the test. She was getting a 10 out of a 10 every week, every, or twice a week actually. On the week before she died, I was seen four times at the hospital um, for extra monitoring, and she looked great then. Like it was just always, she's great, she's great, she's small, but she's great. Um, so that just it really blindsided us that we were under such special care, such close care, and she still died. Um, so yeah, um, kind of crazy that I was actually someone involved with the stillbirth community prior to losing Junie. Um, before I was pregnant with Juniper, I got involved with Star Legacy Foundation. I'm a professional photographer, and they um, provide volunteer photographers for families in loss situations. So I had went through their training to be um, a support person um, before I got pregnant with Junie. And I never actually got to volunteer with them um, because then I was pregnant and their policy is pregnant women don't volunteer, which, you know, just, it makes sense for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. um, so it just like those kind of two things of being watched so close to my pregnancy and then like already being involved with like stillbirth, like something really terrible, like no one goes out of their way to be like, I want to be involved with something so terrible as baby's dying. I feel like those two things mean like stillbirth shouldn't have happened to me if that makes sense like mm -hmm. I knew of, I knew that it was a possibility but throughout my care they never really I think one doctor mentioned it and now I find out I don't remember the exact statistic but IUGR is like the second reason babies are born um are stillborn which is crazy um so um since when Junie died, um, we found out at a clinic in the cities. We live out in Carver County, so then we um, stopped home and we went to the hospital because it turns out when your baby dies at full term, you still have to give birth, which is mind-blowing for many. Um, so she was born and our families came to meet her and we took a ton of photos. We wrapped her in my favorite orange blanket which is really special. Um, we spent about 24 hours with her before we came home from the hospital. That was the hardest day of my life. So since then, I've been really on a mission to share Junie positively. Remember the joy that she brought us and still continues to bring us. And sorry, I'm a little emotional. I'm a month postpartum here, and I'm <laughs> very sleep deprived. Um, and yeah, so I um, I started sharing a lot on Instagram about Judy um, after she was born. Um, I've connected with a lot of other moms. Um, I have, I just have been on a mission to. Um, just make sure that her memory is not just clouded in sadness. I mean, her death is terribly, awfully sad. Um, but that doesn't mean that has to define her either. Mm -hmm. um, so a few months later after Junie was born, um, 
we found out right before Christmas we were pregnant again, which is crazy. We actually found out um, just the biggest. Is it okay if I swear on your podcast? Oh hell yeah! Okay, good. <laughs> just uh, I I say that my pregnancy after last was just the big biggest mind fuck because. We found out, not the same date, but we found out we were pregnant again um, on the day of my husband's work Christmas party, which was the day we found out with Junie. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And so, like, the parallels were just absolutely crazy. And then um, my due date um, with Coral, now my second daughter, ended up being three days apart from Junie's original due date. So that just really messes with your mind. Um, mm-hmm. And then, so then given the circumstances of Junie's death and everything, um, I was induced early, a few weeks early with Coral. So that's how their birthdays ended up being two days apart. So um, so Coral's pregnancy, we um, did a few things different. One thing I didn't mention about Junie's pregnancy was um, there was a typo about my due date with Juniper. And that's a really big deal with growth-restricted babies because it's shown that at 37 weeks, your placenta basically shuts down. Um, And basically after that, your risk of stillbirth goes up. And there was a typo on um, my ultrasound report from my 20-week ultrasound. And then that led to a lot of confusion. and, And so then ultimately, they changed my due date when I was like 26 weeks along with Juniper. They pushed it back further. So it looked like she wasn't as growth restricted as she actually was, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it really, really convoluted there. So um, that was a big thing going into Coral's pregnancy was um, we're going to get an earlier ultrasound and get the date right. Cause we had never had one with Junie. Um, and so, yeah, then all of a sudden I'm like having three ultrasounds in three weeks at the beginning of my pregnancy. So it was crazy. Um, but otherwise, Coral's pregnancy was pretty, uh, pretty normal. I puked. For, I was nauseous for nine months again, which was just great because I was a junie. <laughs> uh, lucky me. And I, I did have a few other kind of minor complications come up that could have been major, but thankfully stayed minor. Um, but we watched her watched baby closely again. Um, it was so much anxiety, so much stress, and. To, and like I said, to have that exact same timeline only a year later was just, it just messes with your mind. And um, I should drink more coffee here because I'm struggling something. But <laughs> so I was induced with Coral. Um, I actually um, gave birth to her in the same room that we had Junie in, which was oh really my goodness. Yeah. I also, um, requested to have all the same nurses, which was really, really cool. Um, and just gave us the, like, it made us feel closer to Junie in that way. Um, my favorite color is orange. Um, so Coral's name is about the closest I could get to naming a child orange. So that was exciting. (laughs) And also both pregnancies, I thought, we both thought we were having boys both times and we didn't find out and we have two girls. So. I'm never guessing the gender of my children again. (laughs) How was it like, how was it holding Coral in your arms? Awesome. It was, um, so like my therapist and I talked a lot about 
everyone really focuses on hearing that baby cry because obviously we never heard Junie's Junie cry. Mm-hmm. And my therapist and I talked a lot about how sometimes babies don't cry right away when they're born. And so we really like, I was trying to mentally prep myself. Like if she doesn't come out crying or, you know, baby, I didn't know poor girl. If baby doesn't come out crying right away, like don't lose your shit. Like, like some, you know, like sometimes babies don't cry. And so like, that is all I thought about was, okay, sometimes babies don't cry or whatever. Well, she came out and she cried and only cried for like three seconds. And then she's like laying on my chest and I'm like, should she still be crying? I like kept poking her. Like I thought in the movies, they like scream and scream and scream and scream. (laughs) But the part that got us was when she opened her eyes and looked at us. I was like, I didn't, I don't know why, but I didn't like think about that. Yeah. Um, So that's like, that's when it hit me because like I got to hold Junie, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the nurses with Junie, they, um, they encouraged us if we wanted to read her book or sing a lullaby and, you know, do some of those things. But like to us, like we were just, we, we wanted to hold her like, cause that's the one thing you get to do to mother your child when they're stillborn. Um, the other things just didn't really feel necessary, I guess. Cause it was like, well, she's not here, but we can still hold her. So like that's, that's important. So then to hold Coral and in the same room, it was, it was just awesome. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that like, when I look at your photos on Instagram, one thing that like really hits me and I, this isn't even necessarily a question. Yeah. It's just like, when I see you holding Junie, it looks like, like you just would never know by looking at the picture. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's such like, so the doctors have said that she died probably about 12 hours before she was born, um, okay. which would have been right before the appointment we were at that morning. Cause our appointment was at 8 AM and she mm-hmm. was born at 741 at night. Um, and that is like the biggest blessing and curse of like, I don't know how good she looks, but it sounds so stupid, but like all of her photos on my Instagram are not retouched. I, I, I share photos that like people took with cell phones. Um, and I also think it's so wonderful. Like I know, I know many families, many moms I've connected with, like that their children that they've had to say goodbye to so soon, too soon, their photos are just too special to them. And I totally get that. And I totally respect that. Um, and they don't want to receive any bad criticism on people seeing mm-hmm. their, the photos of their babies. And I just want to share the hell out of Junie because I think she's so cute and her photos are so pretty. And you'll probably notice I never show them in black and white, actually, because I like color and she looks so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Coral, they, there are. They're beautiful pictures. Yeah. And little sister Coral, I think, looks just enough like Junie that they like they are sisters for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely got their own looks and they both look just like my husband, which I lovingly always refer to on my Instagram as baby daddy, which I think is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, I have one more question for you. Uh, And this might be like too personal. Just like, let me know if it is. But after having Coral, like how was the postpartum emotions? (sighs) It was exciting, actually. Like, yeah. uh, when I was in labor with Coral, I started, like, when I was really close, when she was really close to um, being born, I was pushing, and I started crying, and my nurse that we had had with Junie was like, it's okay, Amanda, it's okay if you're scared, and I'm like, I'm not scared, I'm excited, like, and yeah. it, 
definitely helped at that point that I was hearing her heartbeat constantly in the monitors. Mm-hmm. Um, in my pregnancy after the last experience, I just got more and more anxious and more and more worried every day that the end approached. Um, yeah, there was no safe zone for you. Yes, like that feeling of safe, yes. safe zone at all. Yeah. Uh-uh. And then especially with the pregnancies lining up, that I was being induced two days before Junie's birthday, which a lot of people, I, I consider it a silver lining that Junie's birthday and death day are one and the same. And so I generally just refer to it as Junie's birthday. Um, but in my mind, August 9th, Junie's birthday, like that's when babies die, babies die at the end. Um, so like every day that I stayed pregnant, every day that got closer to that 37 week mark was just, anxiety inducing mm-hmm. um and so then when coral was finally born i physically i think my body was just relieved and happy and just i mean like mentally and emotionally i was like oh my gosh i can breathe again kind of i mean there's still so much anxiety parenting um but my body too after being pregnant for two years straight was like oh hallelujah i'm not supporting a baby in my womb anymore <laughs> so that was that was really, like, it was really, like, euphoric and awesome, and I had, I mean, there's still, there's definitely really hard times that, like, the grief pops up, and everything that we get to do with Coral reminds me that it's something we didn't get to do with Junie. Yeah. Uh, I do try to look at it as everything we get to do with Coral is twice as sweet since we didn't get to do it with Junie, and I swear I'm, like, making up for lost time that, I want to do everything like 50 times over with Coral because I didn't ever get to with my first daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, It is interesting though, like having another baby now, people speaking of, um, (laughs) people kind of think that all of a sudden you're fixed or you're not grieving anymore. And especially like it coinciding with the one year mark with Junie's Mm -hmm. birthday. People think that magically you're cured of grief when you have another baby in your arms or magically you hit that one year mark. It's, I think in my experience in motherhood so far, it, it's kind of similar to people think like you hit this magical one year mark and you should no longer be breastfeeding. It's, it's kind of, there's like some parallels there. Like peop, that's how people's mentality um, looks at it. Like, okay, like here's your expiration date. Like you're good. Yeah. Um, but it's both, it's the biggest lesson I've learned since Junie died is that joy and grief can coexist and do coexist at all times. And one, the existence of one emotion does not cancel out the other. You can be like, have the slap happiest face, smile on your face and be so full of joy, but also so full of grief at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of sums up parenting after loss. Yeah. Absolutely. If you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Hmm. Uh, Follow my Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I give a really unfiltered look and like no holds barred um, approach to life after loss and um, how to approaching silver, things like that. But, but truly I think don't, don't be afraid to be happy of your baby. Don't be afraid to remember that your baby at one point brought you joy and still can bring you joy. Mm -hmm. And their death does not need to define them and their death does not need to define your life or their sibling's life. Yeah. 
For sure. I love that. And I'll go ahead and I'll tag your Instagram in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much, Amanda. Yes, absolutely. And speak of the devil, here's my living yeah. <laughs> I just feel like it's so cool that the universe kind of brought us together to share your story, share Juniper's story. And this was amazing. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.